ship? What am I supposed to do with all these materials? In case you didn't notice, I'm not exactly Scotty. I don't know what to do with all this stuff. Given her all she's got, for me, is like binging a season of something on Netflix. Oh, James, you worry far too much. I know you know far too little about things and are far too lazy to be able to repair all the damages I've sustained. I know you're no Scotty. You're more of a Wesley Crusher. Lovable, but not good for much. Not good for much, huh? Well, maybe next time we need a review for something. I might just not feel like talking. Don't be petty. It was a compliment. At least I didn't say you were more of a Neelix. True. Nobody wants to be seen as the wise lunch lady of the USS Voyager. So I'm happy we've established I'm more of a Wesley Crusher and less of a Neelix, but what are we going to do about these repairs that need to happen and happen soon? My nipples could cut diamonds right now. I have autonomous systems that can take these materials that Vinny gave us and make the appropriate repairs to get us moving. The maintenance unit that will be making the repairs should be getting here any minute now. Here it is, my integrated fabrication unit. As you can see, it is outfitted with wheels to traverse the corridors of the ship rapidly. It also has forklift-style arms to lift large loads, even though it is not much larger than a large indoor cat. Then there is the universal multi-tool attached to its back to fix any problem. Wow, this thing is, ship no offense, legitimately impressive. Like, look at this thing. It can do everything. I do have one thing to say, though. I-F-U? I-F-U? How could you let the acronym be I-F-U? If I was going to name it anything, I'd just call it, uh, Forky. Because, I mean, it has forklift arms, right? But, James, it is an IFU. It can be nothing else but an IFU. If I were you, I would say thank you to the IFU for saving our lives. Thanks, I... Forky. Thanks, Forky. Doi! Atashimaste! Whoa! What the... Why, why is it speaking Japanese? Hmm... It seems even the IFU's systems have been damaged recently. Well, I don't know Japanese. What is it saying? It can understand you, but its language vocalization appears to be malfunctioning. Well, that is unfortunate. Who fixes the fixer? Forky, thank you for fixing the ship. We both, the ship and I, were gonna die from the cold. Watashi no namaijunai! Uh, is it just me or... Does that little robot sound really angry? And there it goes again. That's kind of weird. Well, I'm starting to get the feeling this robot doesn't like me that much. Now what? I'm kind of freezing, hungry, and tired. Is there anything we can do about that ship? You had a crew on board at some point. Did they, you know, sleep, eat, shower anywhere? Like living things do? Yes, we do have parts of the ship that are meant for living creatures. You have proven to be useful, so maybe I'll keep you around for a while. Please follow the IFU during its maintenance of the ship. At your own peril. We are headed to the lavatory. I guess it is true. Everything poops.
Hey, wait up, Forky. As you can see, we have very pleasant accommodations for cleaning yourself. Also useful for washing the blood of your enemies off your scarred body. Well, no enemies really to speak of, or blood, thankfully. But I guess a shower does sound really nice. Now, how do you turn this thing on? Hmm, so many buttons. This one? Well, that's not it, but I now know there's a toilet at least. Maybe this one? Oh, jeez! Is that a bidet? Why are there bidets in space? In the middle of showers. That makes no sense. To clean your butt. Ship, I appreciate you worrying about my butt. But it is plenty clean. Thank you very much. Oh, yes, I agree. All right, well, now that my crotch is nice and wet, I hope this button is for the shower. Oh, yeah, that's gonna be nice. Okay, listen up. Ship, Forky, I'm gonna take a shower, because I need this so badly right now. So don't be staring, just give me a minute to clean up here. Ah, that's so, so, so nice. The IFU is done repairing this quadrant of the ship. Are you ready to continue, James? Or you'll be left behind. Whoa, whoa there. Easy, buddy. You're not starting to turn into the freaking Terminator. Next thing you know, you're going to be yelling at me, get to the chopper. But yeah, let's move on. What's next? We are headed to the part of the ship that houses... The element synthesizer. Please follow. Oh, what are we gonna make? The fifth element? <laughs> Here is the element synthesizer. Normally, all materials to keep the ship repaired can be made here, but it and supporting systems were too thoroughly damaged to do such things. It can create organic and non-organic materials. Organic compounds and materials tend to take much more energy to create. If we were to create organic matter now, additional energy would be required before creation. Really? It can make anything? Yes, if you go over to that terminal there and give it the keyword command synthesize, then what you want it to create will be constructed in front of you in a matter of seconds. Whew, all right. This is what I'm talking about, some real Star Trek sci-fi business here. Command, synthesize a cheeseburger. More energy is required. Please give me a review. Uh, <laughs> I'm so hungry. Okay, here we go. A review of Avatar. Um, let's see. Uh, there's a lot of blue CG people, and then a lot of 
angry white people fight the blue CG people. Mankind is evil. The end. Element synthesizer processing. Oh, there, there it is. The cheeseburger. It looks really sad and flat, though. Like even worse than dollar menu McDonald cheeseburgers. Well, who cares? It's food. Ah. Oh. Oh no. Oh. This tastes like spoiled spam, and smells like burnt hair. What the heck, ship? I thought you said this thing could make anything. I didn't want it to make something that looks like a burger, but tastes like hot garbage. Garbage in, garbage out. Oh no, I hope you don't get food poisoning and die from it. Yeah, I suppose that was a little bit of a half-hearted attempt. Okay, okay. Let's try this again. Command, synthesize. Taco Bell Chalupa? Acknowledged. Please provide a review for additional energy. Okay, this one's for all the Taco Bell. Here's a review of Glass. Split was something no one saw coming. In a way, Glass is also something that no one saw coming. It had been so long since Unbreakable, no one thought they wanted it or really needed it. I'm glad that Glass was made, though. Glass may not be perfect, but it doesn't need to be. Chip, let's go back in time. Back to the year 2000. James, do I look like a DeLorean to you? I have no time-jumping capabilities. Yes, yes, I know. I more meant let's think back on yesteryear when Unbreakable came out in the year 2000. Great, Scott! James, I regret to inform you, I am still not a DeLorean. So helpful, Ship. So, so helpful. You're just the most helpful computer ever. No one saw Unbreakable coming. It surprised a lot of people. By all accounts, it's considered a really great movie. Uh, for me, the one blemish on that movie, though, was how it ended. I didn't expect to just get a little paragraph for each character with what happened after the movie ended. I mean, that's not really an ending. That's just, oh, hey, this is the story like in the Mighty Ducks when they say what each player went on to go do. Let me guess how it ended. Bruce Willis went on to continue to have an incredibly successful career. Samuel L. Jackson went on to continue to have an incredibly successful career. Spencer Treat Clark. You know, Bruce Willis's character's son went on to be in searching movie record databases. Unbreakable Part 2, also known as Glass. Hey, easy, ship. Not everyone can be so successful. I mean, look at you, the picture of success, losing your crew and just flying vacantly through space and having some random dude power you with reviews. I mean, you know what you're talking about. I personally really liked that they brought back the actor to be the son of David Dunn again. The nostalgia that was brought back with this is super strong. The son's a great actor, too. Uh, he does a really good job. 
really anchors the movie, for me at least, back to the original Unbreakable. Seeing them back again, you really just, you feel that they're just a great duo in the beginning of the movie. Are they as good of a duo as us, though? Hard to hold a candle to Ship and James. Mmm, I don't know. I think James and Ship has a better ring to it. Without me, there would be no reason for you to give reviews. And without me, you would definitely just be floating space debris. Well, you know, I guess we do make a pretty good duo. I'm definitely Batman, though, and you're certainly Robin. Whatever you say, Master Bruce. Back to the nostalgia plays, I think they even had the same house in this movie for David Dunn, Bruce Willis's character. When he walks into that house, you see the same entryway, the same stairs, and the same kitchen. You would think he would need to remodel at least once to keep the value of his human domicile up. Little bit of spoiler territory here. And also a cool nod to fans that watched Unbreakable. Shyamalan does a cameo in Unbreakable where he's this sketchy looking guy trying to get into the stadium that David Dunn does security at. Dunn pats him down, doesn't find any drugs on him, so it makes him doubt his powers. And then the movie continues on and that's the last that you see of Shyamalan's character. Cut to glass and they meet again. Shyamalan is playing the same character. And he references this by saying, oh, you look really familiar. And he says, oh, yeah, I used to do security back at the stadium. Shyamalan's character then says, I used to be into some sketchy stuff back in the day, which kind of confirms what he thought way back when. It's little touches like this that really make you appreciate the time in between these movies. On the Gladiator Stadium planet of Gladiatorium, if you are even suspected of having illegal items on you being brought into the stadium, you can be forced into gladiatorial combat to the death. Wow, I guess they never heard of uh, innocent until proven guilty? What counts as an illegal item? Sunscreen, water, handbags, scarves, small animals, large animals, any kind of animals, any kind of technology, specifically earth mushrooms, and any signs that don't say kill, murder, or death. If I could warrant a guess, this is probably a place I'm never gonna visit and probably shouldn't, right? James. Oh, sweet, sweet James. You would be like a lamb to the slaughter there. Oh, thanks. You know, I've gotten to my fair share of arguments. Well, maybe not, like, actual fights, but definitely heated discussions for sure. I can, at the very least, annoy a person long enough that they leave me alone. In the Unbreakable Universe, would that be your superpower? Yeah, probably. Well, if we're talking about superpowers... Or super things. We can also talk about the super cast. They got Bruce Willis, James McAvoy, Samuel L. Jackson, and Sarah Paulson taking up most of the screen time. There are a few supporting characters like The Sun, but they're really in a supporting capacity in this movie. And if we were in our own extended movie universe, the Ship and James or James and Ship universe, I have a question. 
would they consider you a supporting character or more of a prop? I'm thinking prop. I may be equivalent to a supporting character or just a prop, but at least I'm not a human battery. Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson do a great job in this movie. They both play back to their characters from Unbreakable. I mean, really, really great work. The person that really stands out, though, is James McAvoy. If you haven't seen Split, he plays as Kevin slash the Horde slash bunch of other slashes and then the Beast. The way he seamlessly switches between characters and has such a different presence for each one is so impressive. If only you were as good as James McAvoy switching between characters. What? Ship, what are you talking about? Spoilers incoming here, definitely. The scene I will not be forgetting anytime soon is James McAvoy's character's death scene. There are few movies outside of, I think, Lord of the Rings that have really heart-touching scenes where a character dies. But this is definitely one that's going into the books. I would have followed you, my brother, my captain, my king. When the beast is shot, and he's dying in the arms of Casey Cook, a character from Split, he changes and cycles through several personas that he has and ends up on Kevin, the actual person, before he develops all these different personalities. Kevin finally feels like he has the strength to be the one running the show and living in the world and says something to the fact that I think I'm ready to be in the light now and I want to and will hold on to it until the very end. It's just such an emotional moment and I know I'm not doing it justice but believe me, it's so good. You are correct that you aren't. But, you gotta believe me, it really pulls on the heartstrings. Bruce Willis's character, in some ways, seems like he could be passing off the torch to James McAvoy. But stuff definitely goes sideways at some point, and you realize that that's not happening. Very clumsy. He shouldn't be dropping torches like that. Should have had a better grip on it. The way that the Beast had this awesome death scene, but Bruce Willis didn't? was really weird, to be honest. You didn't see his face, even. His son wasn't there until it was too late, and he's already gone. If I know anything about human paternal connections, that sounds like a lousy son. If I were Bruce Willis's son, I would never leave his side. Ship, it sounds like you got a little bit of a... a little bit of a ship crush there on old... Brucey Dub. Oh, no, 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 no. Just a healthy appreciation for his exploit. Sarah Paulson plays a new character, Dr. Ellie Staple, which, spoilers, if you haven't seen any of the trailers, she's a psychiatrist that her job in the movie is to convince all three of them that they're having delusions, and they aren't superheroes, and don't have any powers. To her credit, there were a few moments where I doubted what I knew. I was like, maybe they are just crazy. The tone of this movie is much lighter in comparison to the previous two. 
They definitely play a lot more into superhero tropes. There aren't really any big unknowns in this movie. You know the characters already except for the Doctor, and you know what they can do. So for that reason, this movie has a much different, more over-the-top, less-grounded vibe than the last two. They aren't just people, they're superheroes. Once again, we're venturing deeper into spoiler territory here, so gird thine loins if thouest does not want any spoilers. If I had loins, they would be extra girded. Skipping straight to the end, and how the story kind of works out. The point is, uh, the doctor is trying to convince them that they aren't superheroes. But, in fact, they are more than just average people. They are super. All three of them, Samuel L. Jackson, Bruce Willis, and James McAvoy, eventually break out of their cells. And as the audience, we are shown that they're going to go fight it out at this big tower being constructed in the city so the Beast can, you know, persuade and reassure the rest of his personalities that he is indeed this super being, the Beast. You then get to see them break out eventually. That takes place during the night, and then they stick around in the hospital until the daytime for some reason. Then, uh, during the day, you see them try to escape, and they take it. It's very clear that they're taking the wrong route out of the hospital. All supervillains have horrible plans. Look at Whiplash in Iron Man 2. What was his plan? I'm going to whip things? At the very least, he should have had a bigger whip. As this is happening, you as the audience member, you're starting to think, like, well, what the heck, why did they stay around all night? This seems like a super obvious plot hole. It seems like this is an obvious plot hole. And for a good while, you have no way to justify what they're doing and why it's going down the way it's going down until they show you that it was Mr. Glass's plan all along. The reason that it's a kind of cool twist that they are planning for the battle to actually go down at the hospital and not at the high-rise is because they do foreshadow it. They show a bunch of, like, handymen installing cameras around the hospital, giving them the stage that they need to prove that they are superheroes. His evil plan seems flawed. Couldn't they all have escaped, then recorded themselves separately, then upload their videos to some sort of tube of use to then show the world that they have superpowers? The reason that Mr. Glass wanted to get the word out on super people is because I'm assuming he knew that the people trying to convince them they were all crazy were part of spoilers incoming ship. Turn on the white noise generator if you don't want to hear this. Understood. I'm plugging all my receptive holes. Phrasing, ship. Phrasing. Come on. The people trying to convince them they were crazy were part of a secret society, of course trying to keep all superpowered people unaware of their superpowers or getting rid of them if they become aware. James, does this mean Illuminati confirmed? No, not not exactly. All the people that were part of this secret society had this three-leaf clover tattoo on them. 
They never said the name of the group. And the two times they showed them a meeting at like the secret group meetings, they were in just really classy restaurants for some reason. Like that's that's their secret hideout. They're not hanging out at Applebee's. They're hanging out at four-star restaurants, I guess. Maybe they were just part of a Rotary Club meeting for a nice dinner. Rotary Club International. Rotary International is a international service organization whose stated purpose is to bring together business and professional leaders in order to provide humanitarian service and to advance goodwill and peace around the world. Sounds like a potential culprit if you ask me. The Rotary Club is much more likely than a moose lodge, so I there's some something to that idea. That's a possibility. I think this secret organization is super powerful though. They're probably like, I don't know, Cobra Command power level at least, in terms of secret organizations. Because, here comes another spoiler, without any explanation, they show up right when David and the Beast are fighting in the beginning of the movie. It doesn't change much about this movie, but Shyamalan keeps these movies pretty grounded and has reasons for most things, but they don't ever show how they knew where to find them when they were fighting. Google Maps? Or maybe they just took a wrong turn with Apple Maps. One thing that does kind of bug me a little bit is Mr. Glass's ability. He's supposed to be super smart because his really brittle bones are the offset of that. But I don't really feel like they earned giving him that superpower. And I don't think you fully earned that Taco Bell. But we'll see, I suppose. Please, ship. Don't take this from me. I need that sweet, sweet chalupa sauce in my mouth. The most super smart thing he does is write a program to stream the recording of the fight at the hospital and, I guess, scheming? He sounds like a villain, but maybe not quite super villain. Split and Unbreakable were great movies. I think possibly even better than Glass, which feels a little unfortunate but they were unknown quantities, so we could be surprised and not know what to expect from them. This movie leans a lot on the good stories created in those movies, but because it leans so heavily on them, I wonder how many people are going to see it. Glass isn't something that needed to be made or anyone expected, but it really completes everything in the Unbreakable movie. And I'm glad we have this movie. It's good. Well, I'm literally starving now, so I hope this one tastes a little bit better. Oh my god. That chalupa looks so good. And it smells divine. Ship? IFU? Look away. I'm gonna do some terrible, terrible things to this chalupa. <laughs> that was... Uh, seriously the best Taco Bell I've ever had.
I'm glad you enjoyed it. Your review also was satisfactory. I really, really, really could go for a little nap. Is there any place for me to sleep on board? Yes, go out of this room, take a left, and it is your first room on your right. Okay, thanks, bud. I, re I really just need a little bit of shut-eye. Okay, bye-bye. Sayonara! All right. Door out of room. Ugh. That was a tough one. Now, which way? Left? Right? Right. Right? Yeah, left. This seems like such a long haul. I really just want sleepy time. <sighs> Still kind of cold in here, but definitely feels a good bit better. Door. Oh, yeah, door. Gonna go right into this door. Bed. Oh, bed. Good night, ship. Good night, IFU. Ugh. Forky, can't you go somewhere else and fix things? I'm trying to sleep here. Okay, okay, I'm up, I'm up. What are you doing? Whoa, 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 ship, what's the deal with this giant gun being pointed at me? Don't worry, James. I'm just protecting you. I want to see you sleep forever. Join me, James, next time on Galaxy Review, where we find out what happens to James, ship, and IFU next. I'm not gonna IFU next. I'll just find out what happens next to IFU. And don't forget to share, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, anywhere that you're currently listening to this podcast. Do that there.